Hey, what's up, everyone? Ben Standick here. Another edition of the Standick Room Only Podcast. And unfortunately, we have another loss to talk about. The Washington football team fell to the New York Giants 23-20 to because this is what happens when these two teams play. The Giants prevail. Daniel Jones has never, he's barely beaten anybody in the NFL, but he has never lost to the Washington football team. What a world. Uh, we're going to talk about the quarterbacks. We'll talk about the defense, whether it's overhyped or this was just a bad day. I mentioned the quarterbacks. Obviously, Kyle Allen's out likely for the year. Haven't officially heard that. I was told uh, by a source he'll have an MRI Monday to determine the severity and, and the next steps for his dislocated ankle. Uh, doesn't sound good. Would imagine he is done for the year. So we'll see about that. But Alex Smith, Dwayne Haskins, that position suddenly got just more interesting. I didn't say better, got more interesting. So we'll talk about that. My guests on the podcast today, two guys were at the game, Matt Paris from the Washington Times and my pal Tarek El-Bashir from The Athletic. He's our uh, Capitals writer. Of course, he has been on the Washington football team beat, and he was at the game today uh, doing a story. So got their perspective on those things. We also got into some other randomness. We talked about fans in the stand. Uh, we got in a little bit of hockey because of Tarek's presence. Uh, we, we talked about uh, the question I was asked people, who do you wish followed you on Twitter? That led to some awkward exchange as well as we got into cars I owned and my childhood a little bit and some other weird stuff. So fun chat. I wish I had more interesting stuff to tell you about the game. I'm not going to lie. It's a weird time to be uh, paying attention to this team. And that was even before Kyle Allen's injury. And now, I, I, it's hard to believe we have half the, half the season left and either Alex Smith or Dwayne Haskins likely starts the remainder of the games in some combination. It's Alex Smith for sure against Detroit, but beyond that, we'll see. And it just puts everything in such a weird and awkward spot. Um, I wrote about today about the quarterbacks. Honestly, you can, by the way, typically I want you to go read my stuff on The Athletic, subscribe to The Athletic. I don't care if you read the story I wrote today. I didn't really care. I don't know what I wrote. It was kind of all over the place. So you don't have to read today's story, but you read uh, read the other ones. Subscribe, of course, to The Athletic. That'd be cool. Oh, speaking of subscribing, do this podcast. Standard Room only, whether you're on iTunes or Spotify, Stitcher. Hopefully we should be everywhere. If you can subscribe, that would be awesome. Uh, if, you, if you've listened to the podcast or you just want to be cool and uh, drop a rating and, and a nice review and all that stuff, that would be swell. And um, that's all I got to say. Let's get into this. We talked for a bit. Myself, Matt Paris, Tarek El-Bashir, talking Washington football team losing to the New York Giants in week nine here on the Standard Room Only podcast. I had traffic on the way home for the first time in forever. There was like the beltway going my way. Like they blocked off like two lanes. It wasn't like bad. Yeah, it, yeah. it was just noticeable because like it's rare these days when I'm driving anywhere. That I've, hit that, I've hit that jam like five days out of the last like 20 coming back from Baltimore. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. That gets exactly where it was. It is weird now though. Like driving, I, I got to the stadium really early today, but yeah. like the fact that it can, you can do it in 25 minutes, there's nobody on the road. I, it is still like the, one of the weirdest things about this pandemic. The fact that like literally nobody's on the, nobody's on the road. Yeah. M- Matt, are you, which way do you drive in on the belt? You drive in through the beltway or you drive in like through the city or something? Yeah. On the beltway, but, I think the other way, so I had no problem with it. I'm, well, aren't you just special? Yeah, I got home in 25 minutes. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, I was I was like the last one I had to leave, so it's, I'm so glad that it was uh, <laughs> that that these things uh, that these things move. Um, here's something else that moved. We're, look, we're going to talk about the quarterbacks. That's kind of a big thing, I hear. Kyle Allen 
likely is out for the season with a dislocated ankle. We'll, we'll hear more tomorrow. And we'll talk about Alex Smith, Dwayne Haskins, and some other stuff. Uh, and I got a bunch of random questions for these two guys. But I want to start with the defense uh, for, for full disclosure. So Tarek, our Capitals insider, was at the game today writing about the fans. And we'll get to that about this because there were fans of the game. He didn't watch a lot of the game. Because he's busy. He's, he's doing targets. Yeah, he's busy doing targets. But, like, you know, like, he obviously watches the team. He's covered his team. And uh, Matt and I were, uh, you know, I don't know. We, we half pay attention while we're watching these games. I don't know. Matt really pays attention. I'm only, like, half paying attention watching Twitter. But the, here's one thing I kept noticing, Matt. You know how this defense is, like, I, I top 10. They rank really high in a bunch of categories. I kept seeing the Giants, like, getting big yards on the ground. And the last time I checked the Giants, they didn't have Saquon Barkley. Uh, here's an old reference you won't get. No Joe Morris. Tark might remember him. The, the, who, 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 Alfred Morris is like, I don't, I don't have the final stats in front of me. He's running, at one point he was 69 yards on eight carries. Wayne Goleman's getting yards. Like, and, and here's the other thing, Matt. I know I'm like talking too much. Hold on. I, I looked this up. Like, the, the only two games this year that they've given up less than 122 yards on the ground were the games against Dallas and the Eagles, the two teams that, like, had um, 123 yards, the two teams that had incredibly beat up uh, defensive lines or offensive lines. So before we get to the offense and the issues there, Matt, tell me, do you see – like, what did you see today? Like, Because I don't see this as, like, a top-10 defense based on the eye test over and over again. Yeah, today was a little bit different because you look at some of the yardage uh, of those other teams. Like, Kyler Murray had a big day on the ground, Lamar Jackson. Like, they struggle with mobile quarterbacks, and – that is Daniel Jones, but, you know, today they really struggled conventionally with, you know, your, your two backs and they, <laughs> Alfred Morris, you know, he hadn't had a game like that since 2018 and he's bounced around the league. So yeah, it, it is becoming a problem. Um, and, you know, they do have a, a pretty good secondary, but they keep giving up big plays. That's the thing that sticks out to me is, you know, they rank pretty well statistically, but they just do enough on defense that they keep, like bending, sometimes breaking. And, you know, with the offense performing the way it is, it's not good enough to when they are put in bad positions to make a stop. Right. And there may be something to that. Like if they were playing with an offense that was capable of scoring 24 to 30 points a game, maybe what they're doing looks a lot different, but they're not. And so it stands out more, more noticeable. Uh, Tarek, I mentioned Alfred Morris. Do you, uh, you are a car guy. Do you have any Alfred Morris stories from, from the day? Because he, he had notable uh, vehicle situations. I mean, I'll tell you, one, one, of the, uh, one of my favorite stories from that 2012 uh, rookie season for Alfred Morris was the Bentley. I know everyone remembers that story. Um, he, had, he had like a 20-year-old Mazda 626 or something terrible. And I mean, it was the worst car on the lot. I mean, like <laughs> uh, <laughs> random, uh, you know, team employees <laughs> had better cars than than the starting running back that year. But he was so proud of it. He was so proud of it. Uh, he, he, I think it, it was a hand me down, if I remember correctly. Um, and uh, yeah, and I think someone like tricked it out after after the story got around that he had this old piece of crap banger that he was uh, driving. Uh, I, I just remember, he, he, you know. Um, it just really fit with his persona. You know, he was just kind of a basic kind of very simple dude and had a very simple car. I mean, you know, it, it was, but I always got a really, like you said, I'm a car guy. So I always got a really good laugh, you know, whenever I walked into the building and I'd walk by like 
Trent's Ferrari and like someone's Lamborghini and like stuck in between the Ferrari and the Lamborghini were, you know, was, was this rusted out Mazda. It was pretty awesome. Well, he was in, uh, you know, he was shifting in the, I don't know, first gear a lot. I don't know if that's the right term, but uh, 69, nine carry 67 yards, Goldman sure. 14 for 68. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess, you know, I guess like, I, you know, the reason I wanted to just mention with the defense first and, and to what the Giants did was just, I know the quarterback's going to get all the attention. That's what I wrote about today. And it is the big picture story going forward. But at the end of the day, you know, this, I, I just feel like we've been getting carried away with this idea of what this defense is. I get it. They're good and, and promising for sure, especially up front. And we'll see some of the, you know, so, so we'll have a chance to go look at the tape and, and see what some of the numbers are. But from that perspective, it was just, um, I, I don't know. It, it just that, That's the part that made me feel uh, uh, feel uneasy. Uh, what also made me feel, feel uneasy, though, was the Kyle Allen injury. Did you did you guys actually are you are you the kind of people that look at the car wreck on the side of the road or you cover your eyes and say, I'm out? It, this wasn't nearly the Alex Smith territory, but it was something. No, I mean, initially it looked like that. You know, I, the monitors are right above us at the game. So I just looked up and was watching the replay. You saw his leg just like snap <laughs> pretty much. It looked like it snapped in real time. I'm surprised the injury wasn't kind of worse, but um, yeah, it was, it was really gruesome. Tark, did you get a, did you get a sneak peek? I mean, you're a hockey guy. I, so like for you, this is probably like a whatever. But. Well, I, I, I was in the building when Alex Smith broke his leg a couple of years ago. So I, I, I didn't see it live. I was in the lunchroom uh, transcribing tape while working on my, on uh, my fan piece, but um, I looked up and I saw Alan on the um, on, on the cart, and so I knew something significant had happened. And then I saw Les Carpenter from the post, and I asked him what just happened. And he just literally just put both hands on his head and just shook his head and kept walking. And I was like, I mean, which is just yeah. He said it was just a really bad injury. So I have since seen the replays. I'm a little squeamish, not super squeamish, but a little squeamish. And this one made me made me squeamish. Like I, I once I saw the leg kind of dangling there or the foot dangling, I was like, "Yeah, I'm out." Pretty sure Matt saw it, but Joe Theismann tweeted that November is basically like a really shitty month for oh, Washington right. quarterbacks. Right. I mean, it really is crazy. It's almost two years. It was almost two years to the day that Alex Smith threw his last touchdown pass. Um, it was almost two years there. You know, a little bit after that, he uh, is when is when his injury happened. Not Theismann's injury happened. Well, Smith and Theismann happened on the same day, right? Uh, it's yeah, an unbelievable, yeah. Uh, the worst coincidence, uh, the worst coincidence of all time. So yeah. okay, so Alex Smith comes in, and you know, my first thought was, oh no, like I, I I'm almost as hoping for him. It's not nearly as horrendous as it as it was in week five because that that was terrible. Now of course. This, these conditions were perfect. That that game of rain here was perfect perfect uh, weather. Uh, Aaron Donald was nowhere near the building, so that was helpful. And um, you know they they had um, you know they weren't playing a, a, a stout defense. Alex Smith looked substantially better. The bar it wasn't that the bar was low before the bar was non-existent. He was just it was underground. He looked a lot better. He he made passes down the field. He and Cam Sims hooked up a bunch. The, the, the touch the 68 yard touchdown pass to McLaurin um, even though McLaurin did a lot of the work it was a really good throw in traffic even if he just gotten tackled right there for like a 20 yard gain or something he made he did a lot of things that looked good he also looks you know I won't say spry but he's able to move around a little bit but he also threw some horrendous interceptions 
uh, including two inside the last three minutes of the game. Um, Matt, like my, my, kind of one thing I wrote was like, Alex Bar, Alex Smith is being viewed on a scale unlike any other quarterback maybe ever because nobody wants to just flat out criticize him and say, boy, those picks are terrible. When Dwayne Haskins threw three picks earlier in the year, got murdered, <laughs> even if you were going to go with the – he's a young quarterback. I don't think anybody was going around today, at least I don't think so, was saying, boy, Alex Smith, that's ridiculous. But that second interception was horrendous. He was backpedaling, throws into the middle. He said that was QB 101. Did you ultimately, like, take out of this, like, wow, Alex Smith was back out on the field again. That's unbelievable. Or is like, oh, man, like, they needed this win. And while he did help them come back in, in the game, he also made some bad plays late. I mean, early on, it seemed like, yeah, it was going to be a real conversation. Should they even waste time starting him next week? Should they just go back to Dwayne? But I think he did enough to at least settle that conversation down a little bit. We heard Ron Rivera after the game, obviously, say that Alex was going to start. But the, the thing that stood out to me was just how really comfortable he seemed in this offense compared to even his first year in Washington. You know, he didn't really throw – his 325 today uh, was more than what he threw in Washington during his 10 starts there. Um, you know, I think with Jay Gruden, he, it was a bit of an awkward fit. Uh, I was looking at the stats and he threw for 10.2 yards per attempt today. And, you know, you'd have to go back to Kansas city uh, to reach those numbers. So, you know, he looked a lot more comfortable. He looked okay. The, the decision-making wasn't good. I think you could really see some rust on him too, just in terms of, um, as he dropped back and he, he was still sacked a couple times. So, you know, there is some stuff for him to improve on, but it is a pretty significant step when you consider most of us thought he wasn't going to be playing football again. No. Um, I mean, guys, my question is what's, what's the plan? I mean, you're, you're two and six, you, you've got a quarterback that, you know, um, I, look, I, I I love the I love the Alex Smith story, but he's not the future of this franchise. I'm not saying Dwayne Haskins is either. I mean, clearly, um, it, it's it's looking like he's not going to be. But I mean, you're not playing for the playoffs at this point. I mean, you're you're not you're not a very good team, and even though you're in a bad division, I, I mean, football. As, as we see, you know, whether it's Division One college or, or the NFL, when you have a quarterback, you have a chance. I mean, I, I, I know there's not much they can do about it now, but I, I just – it just baffles me that they have found their way into this position. I mean, I know there's no way you can, you can you know, predict what's going to happen to, you know, what happened to, to Allen today. But, I mean, it just seems like for most of my adult life, this Redskins team has been looking for a quarterback. And as we know, you can't win without one. And it just it just seems like a vicious cycle they're stuck in. And I mean, uh, when, uh, when, when figure out what they're doing. Yeah, when, when, when the injury first happens, so it happens in the first quarter, my first thought was, and look, Alex did play better than I would have thought, but my first thought was, oh my, we have we still have more than half the season. We have half yeah. the season to go. Yeah. And this quarterback situation is about to turn horrendous. Uh because it's what you just said, neither scenario looks great. Realistically, let's just say even Alex Smith does a decent job. I can't comprehend he'll do a good enough job where any of us would go, wow, he's the definite starter next season. They're also two and six, right? I mean, I get it. The NFC East is horrendous. There's yeah. still only a game and a half behind the Eagles for first place. Dallas lost. Uh, the Giants are two and seven, so they're still behind Washington, even though they've obviously beat them twice. But come on, you know what I mean? Like I can't, I cannot, I can no longer. 
I've been struggling with this whole thing already, but like I can't go move forward. You lost to the Giants twice. Um, that said, gigs up, man. Gigs up. But but that said, what do you do? Go to Dwayne. Ron made it. Rivera's made it pretty clear he's not that excited about going back to him. And Matt, like I, I as you know, I, we try to read between the lines as to what he says and all the things he says say to me, this kid isn't ready. And I can't believe that he would have been ready just because Kyle Allen got hurt. That all of a sudden. Dwayne Haskins is ready to go. He's not, I don't think he wants to put him in, but what is the point of going with Alex Smith? Maybe another, another next start. He did enough today, I think, to justify that. Well, we, if they, you know, if we lose, if they lose to Detroit, you know, at some point here, what, 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 what are we doing? I, I, I really have, don't know what the answer is though. This is what's weird. This is my frustration with the wizards, by the way. I don't know whether they should go for it or tank because no answer is good. It's the same problem here. I don't know whether to go for it, i.e. Alex or, hypothetically, when I say tank, I don't mean lose on purpose, but no. give up potentially on the season by going for the young guy in, in Dwayne. I, I actually, as yeah. I sit here, I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. Well, if we take Ron Rivera, kind of how I could use the season in four chunks. So, you know, you would imagine that Alex could at least, would at least get the opportunity to finish throughout Dallas. And then you would kind of reassess things. You know, if, if they lose, you know, again, two of the three next games, I think it would make more sense to go back to Dwayne, but I think with Alex right now, you know, it is a look at, I don't expect him. I don't think anyone expects him to be the starter next season, but it is a a way to at least look at him to see if he's a viable option. Maybe they could get a late round pick for, you know, no team strength for Alex Smith, but you know what I mean? Like it's an audition. And I think they're interested in that audition rather than going to Dwayne. I mean, like I get what you're saying, not a viable option. I, I, yeah, I'm just gonna. I I just I can't. I can tell you I today, it's not a viable option. Yeah, I just can't go. There. I mean, he he's due to make 19 million dollars next year. I don't think we'll see enough to justify that. Right. Now that said, if they dump him, he still costs about 10 million, a little over 10 million on the cap. So the 10 million plus, you then have to get another quarterback. You know, that's not. You know, that 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 potentially gets you back somewhere around 19, but maybe less based on how, you know, depending on how the market goes. And uh, guys, the, the problem with the tanking strategy is there are a lot of teams that suck. Like yeah. you're, you're not even guaranteed of picking in the top five at this point. Well, that, and you there could play Dwayne and lose teams in this league right now. You could play Dwayne and lose too, you know, it's. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but um, uh, they have to, they have to get a cornerstone quarterback somehow, some way. And until they get there, I, I don't see much, <laughs> much hope. Well, and, and, and that's why I feel like this sort of ties in both of these first two topics, because on the one hand, obviously the, the, the most direct way to, to have a shot at a good quarterback or a promising quarterback is the draft. And, you know, it looks right. like there could be three or four guys the, the kid from BYU seems to be moving up in people's estimations. So, you, you, you know, you, you join him with, uh, Obviously, they're not going to get Trevor Lawrence, who's going to go number one. But you got Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. So maybe there's, you know, upwards of four guys will go somewhere in the top 12. So maybe you have a shot there. The other way is if the defense kicks ass the rest of the way, then some veteran quarterback that hits the market. I I have no idea who that would be, but we'll see. Maybe they look at Washington and think, wow, you put me on this team. Terry McLaurin's awesome. Antonio Gibson's interesting. If Washington's commits to, you know, drafting a receiver in the first round or something. Maybe, you know, we have enough weapons. Maybe I'll go join that team because I think we can do something. That's not going to work if Washington's playing defense like this, though. So it, it, it is a really fascinating conundrum. I guess the, here's the one thing I would just say. 
if you if Ron Rivera has a read of the locker room and he thinks that the locker room would to some degree revolt by Dwayne, which he somewhat inferred by what he said when he benched him that he's got he's got to look after the other fifty two guys. We as in the media don't see what's going on. We don't see it in their eyes. Matt, I mean that that to me is like the one tipping point I would have to not going back to Haskins because he thinks like he's he not maybe loses the locker room, but he needs to, hey, he's got other people to worry about, not just this position. And he probably isn't going to solve it one way or the other anyway. Yeah. I mean, and everyone respects Alex, you know, that, that's all you hear about is just the way that guy works and the way he carries himself off the field and that Dwayne should, you know, model himself after what Alex says. So it is a, a situation where like he definitely commands the respect of the locker room and, you know, I think Haskins was getting there, but we've seen enough stories that, you know, there are concerns about his work ethic off the field. So. All right. So it's the last question of the quarterbacks. Uh, Tark, I'll start with you. How many starts? So they've got eight games left. How many starts for Alex Smith the rest of the way? I think you, you, want, you, you can go, will he start and should he start? Should, will yeah, start I, I, start? I, I I, honestly, man, the way I see this going, and I know Redskins fans don't want to hear this, but I bet Alex Smith gets like the next three games. They lose two of three. They're they're hopelessly out of it. And uh, at that point, you just you have to play the kid and see if there's anything there before you get to the offseason where you got to make some decisions. Um, I, I, that's the way I see this playing out right now. I, I have a tough time seeing Alex Smith come in, start eight games, lead him to an eight and no record and, a, you know, a, a, a 10 and six finish and they go on to win the division and, you know, win a, you know, host a first round playoff. I, just, I don't, I don't see that happening right now, regardless of, of how good the defense is. All right, Matt, uh, you, you sort of alluded, you, you imagine like three, Alex gets the next three starts and then see what happens. Uh, let's say at that point they make a change here. So here's the question for you. Does anybody besides Alex Smith or Dwayne Haskins start a game this year? Uh, no, I'm not on the Steven Montez train, if that's what you're asking. J- Josh Johnson signed a contract with somebody, so he can't, he can't go back to him. I saw that. <laughs> it was the 49ers, right? Was it? It sounds like it logical. <laughs> so let me look it up. I, that was that guy was great. That was that was a great couple of weeks here in DC. Let's get Mark Sanchez back. Just here, I'll make I'll make the argument. I'll make the argument for Stephen Montez like this. If I said to you right now, based on the four quarterbacks currently on the team, which ones are, rank them in order are most likely to be back next year? Stephen Montez is second. Sure, but I'm not saying he will. I'm just saying he would be second over Alex or Dwayne for me. So based on that, like if it, let's just say hypothetically Kyle Allen is the starter next year because th- that's just the way things pan out or even is the number two, like Steven Montez should be if, – if you – how do you know for sure what he can do if he doesn't actually play? There was no preseason. If, if, you go into next season, if you go into next season with Kyle Allen as your starter, I mean, what are, we do, what are we doing? I don't think that's the plan. I'm just saying hypothetically, you know, if, you know that there could be a world – but either way – how do you know what Steven Montez does if he doesn't play? And if you're not, if you're down on Dwayne to such a degree that you're not that interested in playing him, I'm just saying I could, I could justify them starting him. I'll, I'll, I'll just, I just want that on the record. Matt remembers everything. So if this happens, he'll, he'll give me full credit when nobody else will. Um, <laughs> let, let, let's get to the scene because it was a weird day today because there were actually people there, not just the 250, not just Alex Smith's wife and their kids, like actual fans were there. And uh, 
I was at the game in Cleveland this year where they had over a little over 6,000 fans. And it was, it was very weird because that was like one of the first, that was maybe the first time I'd been around like actual people, like a large amount of people anywhere since the pandemic started. So this wasn't as many people and I wasn't like milling about the crowd the way Tarek was, but I did watch the game outside in the stands the first half. And, you know, it's the low bar that we've reached, but you could, you could hear the fans. It was noticeable. Yeah. Just because the first few games have been like zombie football with nobody there. So Tarek, what was it like? You went out and actually talked to people. This is what you yeah. were about up on the athletic by the time people hear this. Just uh, without stepping on your story too much, like what, like, I mean, was this the first time you've been around people yourself? I know you have to do a lot of stuff with your kid for, yeah. for, for youth hockey, but was this the first time you've been around like this many people? Yeah, probably. Um, you know, I, I was in the Capitals um, practice arena, MedStar Capitals Iceplex, right before they left for Toronto. So I had, I had seen live sports. Um, I mean, but those were just practices, right, and scrimmages. Um, so I didn't actually cover, you know, I hadn't covered a live game since, uh, what, March the 8th or whenever the Capitals played in Buffalo, um, you know, in terms of being in a press box and, and, and seeing the action live, um, uh, until today. And, uh, you know, there were 3000 fans. Um, they were all season ticket holders who, um, uh, had the opportunity based on seniority to, to purchase tickets, um, I believe 1,500 of the 3,000 were related to Chase Young. It seemed like he has. Like, <laughs> you know, the, I'm kidding, obviously. But before the game, I was just walking around the bowl, like talking to people. And the funny thing was I kept running into players' moms, um, uh, which is really funny. Uh, but then I saw like I saw the, 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 the young contingent. Uh, it, was, it was sizable. <laughs> there were a lot of uh, 99 jerseys in there. Um, it was cool. I mean, yeah. You know, I, 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 the players, Rivera, um, you know, said they noticed it. I mean, obviously it didn't jazz them up very much in that miserable first half. Um, you know, that said, uh, you know, I talked to some lifelong, you know, longtime uh, Washington football team supporters, and they were ecstatic to be back in the building. It means a lot to them. I talked to one guy, um, who had driven up from Newport news and, you know, for 27 years, he made that three and a half hour drive to either FedEx field or um, he said a few years before that at RFK stadium. Uh, I think he was there for four years. And then the last 23, um, if the mass, mass checks out there at, at FedEx. And, you know, he said, I just didn't want my streak to come to an end. It's almost three decades long. I had to, when the opportunity was there to buy tickets, I snapped up four of them, brought some family, and we we're, we're gonna we're gonna come to as many games as as we can. Um, you know, I, I talked to uh, one of the one of the Washington football team honchos, uh, Chris Boyer, and asked him, you know, how come there haven't been any announcements about future plans for fans in in the stands. Uh, and he said, well, well, we wanted to get through this one first and see how things went and look at best practices and make sure it makes sense. But things, by all appearances, I was down in the bowl. I was walking around. It looked, it looked like things went well. People were wearing masks. People were socially distancing. Um, uh, I, 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 my suspicion, and this is just me speculating and kind of reading between the lines, I bet that PG uh, Health Department is going to be pleased with how things went today and I think next home game, you might see a small bump in the number of fans. Like I said, there were 3,000 there today, plus 250 friends and family of players and staff. 
Um, I bet you might see a little bump next time. And, you know, the, the one thing that um, we can't control, no one can control, is the virus, right? I mean, it's we're now at like 120,000 infections a day. That's a lot. It's a lot of virus. You know, that's a lot of infections. If it if that keeps going, is is you know is, is Prince George's County Health uh, are are they going to be okay with expanding? I don't know. So they're you know like like with everything these days, guys. When someone asks you what what are you doing in a week, you go, I don't know. I I hope I'm doing what is on my schedule, but I don't know. So um, you know, stay tuned. But um, it was cool. You know, it was cool. Uh, you know, one other thing. You know, talking to to, to the Redskins executive. Um, what executive? Uh, Chris Bloyer? No, the, the, the Washington football team executive. What did I say? Uh, if we had you a swear. You said the name. You said the name. Nobody can say You said the oh, name. Oh, God. Oh, God. So, podcast. so the funny thing about it was, didn't I tell you? We, yeah. I told you before the game what my struggle is. So, like, when, when, when something like that happens, and by the way, by the way, this is probably going to piss some people off, 90% of the fans I talk to also use the other name. There was like, a fan at the game with like a huge like, yeah. flag that they showed at the Drumbotron. The Drumbotron. <laughs> there was one fan I talked to who had Washington football team on his jersey and kept saying the other name. So I, I think, you know, for us lifelong Washingtonians, it still might take a few of us. You know, it might okay. take a little while. If I wasn't just, doing if I wasn't doing this job where I have to constantly write yeah. it, write the correct name, I would botch it all the time. And, yeah. I mean, so I, I, I get so, it. You're, yeah, getting back to what we were talking about before the game is you're, you're typing it a thousand times a day, right? You know, this is the first time I've written a story about the Washington football team since, you know, two seasons ago. So, um, uh, yeah, my apologies. <laughs> but, yeah, so, so, so getting back to the, to the Washington football team executive that I spoke to, um, you know, they actually had to make adjustments to the ambient noise, which I found really interesting. You know, the NFL stipulates that you can play – um, uh, the ambient noise between 70 and 80 decibels. Um, and so they, they had been playing it at, I believe, a higher number. And they, they, uh, they, they had to kind of try to tweak it so that they wanted people to be able to hear the fans. Like, you know, they didn't want the ambient noise to drown out the natural noise that was now in the building. And he said the tough part about that was there was no dry run. You know, you, you, you don't know what 3,000 people are going to sound like in FedEx field until they get there. So they guessed. And he, he said it turned out okay. Um, you know, uh, uh, the, he feels like they got it right. Um, but those are the little things you don't think about, you know, or, you know, trying to kind of correct, you know, get, it, get that correct, correct mix of, uh, you know, artificial noise and, and natural noise. I mean, I heard chance of defense a couple of times. I heard a couple of, you know, exuberant things that were unhappy with a, with a turnover or a play call, you know, yell, you know, it, it was a lot more normal than, you know, it probably was in previous weeks. Well, you know who else heard the fans, Matt, was uh, Ron Rivera. Here's what he said after the game when asked about the fans. Quote, I noticed the fans. It was nice. I get it. Sometimes when things aren't going well, people are going to say some things, but that's why they pay for it, the opportunity to state their opinion. So apparently, uh, you know, when, when, when there's only so few people there, you can you hear, hear them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can hear. I, mean, I don't know what the, what some what he heard somebody say, but hey, hey Rivera, yeah. what are you doing? I mean, I'm sure you can hear that a lot more clearly now than you can when there's seventy thousand people in the building, right? Yeah, for 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 sure. Um, 
Matt, Matt, did you have any uh, crowd thoughts? You, 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 I mean, you watched the whole game from inside the press box. I, I did, like I said, half and half. Did you have any uh, thoughts yeah, on you, on people? You can definitely hear them when Washington made their fourth down stop on fourth and one. It was it got pretty loud. Like you could hear it definitely in the press box. What stood out to me was just kind of the like the few Giants fans that that showed up. Talked to um, the family. They drove from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. They were big Giants fans and purchased tickets and they're like, yeah, we're not going to be able to go to New Jersey. So we came up here instead. And I guess there were tickets available on like the NFL's resale website. So I was a little bit surprised at that, but it was kind of interesting, you know, obviously. FedEx so, so, so that means that a, that a, a season ticket holder got the tickets and then resold them. Yeah. Yeah, you, you would think the Washington football team would be a little more cagey about, you know, allowing that to happen. Because you're right. I did look around. There was a lot of blue. Yeah. It well, wasn't I mean, as look, crazy as, like, other years, but there was a lot of blue. Look, ca- ca- capitalism is capitalism. I don't want to step all over that. But if you're a season ticket holder in this pandemic, nobody's going to games, and you sell it for, for I mean, that's Ooh. pretty ridiculous. Boo on you. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm, I'm all favor. If you, you know, I don't, whatever. You got to do what you got to do normally. In this case, come on. The guy that, that's, that's that's a bit was much. pretty funny because he was like, yeah, normally for this price, like we're sitting behind the, like the end zone rather than on the side. Like we have a much better view now. <laughs> it's just like, I By guess. Way, Paris, are you wearing an avalanche jersey or shirt? I am. Yeah, I am. All right. Uh, why? I'm from Littleton. All right. Dr- oh. I'm from Littleton for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Is this where we start talking about the Joe Sackick, Dale Hunter trade? Yeah. <laughs> that's, my only, that's my only piece of trivia I know. <laughs> that team got me into hockey. Joe Sackick did a heck of a job building, building uh, his team. I'll tell you that. Um, so, so let me ask you this about the fans. Okay, so we're saying it was noisy, but like realistically, it's not like either team had to, uh, or it's not like the Giants had to practice this week, like, with like the crowd noise situation to try to uh, get get used to it. And I'm sure it was like more like, you know, background noise on some level, but in a couple of weeks, Washington plays at Dallas. Last I saw at a minimum, Dallas was going to allow at least 20,000 fans in the, in the, in the stadium. And who knows where the, what they'll, what they'll do by that point. There's a lot yeah. of, a lot of factors, including the pandemic is still going on. Uh, do we think that could throw Washington like if you because they haven't played before. I mean, the most they played before is six thousand in Cleveland. Like if you actually earn like an, you have nobody in games. I don't know what's going on in Detroit this week, this next week. That's their last road game for that. Any chance that it throws them if it's that much? I mean, twenty thousand is a lot more than three. I hope not. I mean, I, I can certainly so, see. You're probably playing like what? What's twenty thousand? Like a a preseason game? Like right? But I mean, but that's but that's based on like okay. Let's put it this way. The 3,000 today, and we're all going, oh, it was kind of noisy. Do you think it's noisier when there's 15,000 in a game, but we make fun of all that? Probably not, but we make fun of that, that it's only 15,000 because it's in context of the normal grab. The 3,000 is in context of nobody. So the 20,000 is in context of nobody versus That's a bigger building, too. I mean, that's a 100,000-seat stadium, right? I mean, that's a bigger building. So those guys are going to be spread out more. I'll tell you, you know, the few times I've covered games down there, it is a pretty intimidating environment when it's when it's full because not only do you have a lot of angry Texans yelling at you, they're those sweets on like the on the on the field level. So like you can look in the eyes of a fan who's yelling at you because they're they're actually right there on your level. 
Um, so it, it, you know, Ben, to answer your question, I mean, I, I, I feel like it's almost like I, I'd like to know where those 20,000 fans are going to be. Are they going to be in the lower bowl or are they going to be occupying those field level suites? Um, either way, though, I mean, these are pros, man. 20,000 in that cavernous building, that shouldn't throw off Alex Smith. You know, that shouldn't, they shouldn't have to change their cadence or, or you know. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, you know, it's, it's different. Nobody's I'd be pumped. I mean, if I'm a visiting player, like, I, I, part of being a pro athlete is being a performer. It's, you want people out there cheering or booing or having some reaction to you. I, I mean, it, like, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I was, I was, I've never been a, a visiting NFL player, <laughs> but I mean, I got to imagine that's, that's gotta be a pretty cool feeling when, when you, when you lead your team out onto the field and everyone's eyes are on you and you're getting booed. I mean, like that's gotta be a pretty cool feeling. And that's the thing too. It's like the 3000 sounds loud to us because there've been no fans, but I mean, maybe 3000 to them, that doesn't even taste them because they're used to, much louder you know you never except so they can hear the individual criticism now <laughs> yeah. right plus they probably plus they probably like the defense probably has del rio yelling at them regularly and that's probably pretty loud so um, <laughs> all right you're listening to the uh standard room only podcast ben standing here with uh my uh athletic colleague Tarek el bashir and matt paris from the washington times um I- i've got a bunch of random questions i'm gonna ask these are not related to necessarily anything we've just discussed, so get ready. But uh, you can, uh, uh, to put the uh, put the awkward on me, you're allowed to each ask me one question when we're done, either one of these or your own, whatever you got. Uh, first question, Matt, person you wished follow, followed you on Twitter that doesn't? I've got a random one, but uh, it's your colleague, Fred Katz. He doesn't follow me for some reason. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and we interact all the time. We text each other. He replies to my tweets, just doesn't follow me. And Tarek, you don't follow me either. <laughs> well, really? I wouldn't take I wouldn't take offense to the Tarek one. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a Tarek story. When uh uh when I first started kind of doing this and um uh I was covering Georgetown at the same time the Tarek was, there were only a few of us, so Tarek followed me then. But when when his when his shift ended, when he was paroled from that beat and got away, he was like yeah, sorry, that's not that's not happening anymore. And he just unfollowed me, like to my face. No, it's okay. I mean, I get it. Tarek, you have a very controlled following. I respect. Hey, hey Paris, Paris, if if you wore if you wore a belt, <laughs> if you wore a belt more often, I'd follow your ass. Yeah. Wow, You're following it in a different way. <laughs> belt and follow. All right, Tarek, same question to you. Person you wish followed you on Twitter. It's an inside belt. joke, but I think you guys can know where you know where that's going. Yes. Um, me, um, you know, a person that I really, really admire, um, you know, as you mentioned at the start of it, I'm a car guy. Um, I'm also a, a racing fan. Um, and Lewis Hamilton, uh, you know, uh, a great champion of Formula One is a guy that I follow on Twitter. And I wake up at all odd hours of Sunday mornings throughout the year to tune into Formula One, which races all over the world. Um, I, it'd be pretty cool if he followed me. But I mean, why? Why would he? I, I mean, I don't know how much interest he has in the Washington Capitals or, or uh, <laughs> the Washington Football Team, which are the only two things I really tweet about. My, my answer is Rihanna. Rihanna. Sorry, my answer is Rihanna. Now I did that. Ron Rivera does it all the time. Rihanna and uh, I shouldn't have said that either. Oh, well, who cares? Uh, and uh, and uh, yeah, I don't think he gets that interested in the Washington Football Team. But that's her, that's that's a whole other story. Um, all right, Tark, all-time favorite athlete. 
all-time favorite athlete. God, that's a good one. Um, all-time favorite athlete. You know, I, it, it's funny. I, I wrote about this actually during the um, during the uh, uh, long stoppage between between sporting events for us. Uh, you know, I grew up in Silver Spring, Maryland. I played everything. I played football. I played baseball. I played hockey. Um, that's basically all I did. I didn't do much homework. And um, at one point, maybe when I was like 13, I wanted to be a major league baseball player. And if you're a, a boy that was raised in Maryland of my age, Cal Ripken Jr. was by far the most popular dude in town. I mean, when he was, and this is before he was going for streaks, and he was just freaking good. And he played every game, and he was in every commercial. And, you know, he was on, you know, he was just, he was omnipresent if you were in Maryland. Um, you know, he had his baseball schools and all this other stuff. And um, I, I'm going to go with Cal Ripken. All right. It's not the worst answer I've heard since I'm an Orioles fan. Matt, all-time favorite athlete. You cannot pick Rod Strickland. <laughs> no, uh, I'm going to go boxing. Bernard Hopkins. Okay. Oh, nice. The executioner. Just loved watching him fight. <laughs> I like that. It's good. The old man thing was really cool, too, watching him break all those records. Long-time middleweight champion. He's been in some really good fights, too, so. Yeah. He, he definitely was like, a, you know, you think of boxing as just the, the, the true pugilist, the Mike Tyson guys who just go out there and want to, you know, murder you. And he was definitely a craftsman at, at what he was doing. It was definitely like almost like a different sport um, uh, for, for, for sure. Um, we talked about the crowds earlier. Uh, I'll start with I'll start with the young guy here. Will you attend? Uh, obviously, at this point, we have no idea when we're getting a vaccine or whatever. But obviously, at some point we'll go hopefully go back to some level of normalcy. So Matt, will you attend a sporting event with a real crowd within three months of the return of crowds, assuming that at that point or whatever, whatever, whenever we get a real crowds, will you attend one within three months of, uh, of it? And if there's not a vaccine? Well, I guess I'm assuming if, if we're having crowds, there's a vaccine, but even what, I don't even know what that means. Everybody per every person, the crowd get a, get a, get has a vaccine. I don't know how that works. And yeah. It depends on kind of how strong the vaccine is. You know, if I'm vaccinated and the person's not next to me. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to Dallas and I'm a little nervous about that now, but forgot that there was 20,000 people there. But I mean, you know, it, it's been fine. Like, I, it just kind of, you have to get used to what you are and aren't comfortable with. Like, I still haven't eaten in a restaurant and eating outside, but eating inside to me is just still kind of a weird phenomenon. So, yeah, I would probably say no. No, no, okay, Tark. Well, I have eaten inside a restaurant. I have not done it nearly as much as some people that I'm close with. I think I've eaten inside of a restaurant two times in Uno's in New Jersey. Uno's. Yeah, long. I mean, story. If you're gonna if you're gonna do this, I'm mean, no offense. I used to go to Uno's. I don't know if that's Dude, worth it. It was though. attached. It was attached to the hotel we were staying in, and we were hungry, and then we had been on the road for a while. But, but by the way, I should clarify. Like, obviously, there's a difference between a crowd at FedEx Field that's open air versus a crowd in Capital One Arena that is not. And obviously, yeah. Tark's a yeah. hockey guy, and uh, you know, Matt, I see often at, at Wizards games. So, yeah, and the other the other restaurant that I went to was a nice. Uh, kind of family joint in uh, York, Pennsylvania, a few weeks back. Um, 
I, I would go yes. I think I would. Um, if if the if the vaccine was was potent and you know it's been widely distributed, and we're now three months into a lot of this country having the vaccine, and there haven't been any more outbreaks. Uh, it seems like you know no one's growing a second head from taking the vaccine. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I think I would. I mean, I, I consider myself pretty cautious, but I'm not like I'm not probably as cautious as I should be all the time. But I mean, I wear a mask. Um, I wash my hands. You know, I, I avoid except for today <laughs> crowds. You know, I uh, I think I would. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Uh, Matt, you are the Paul guy. Targ, you went to Howard. Yep. If right now your team, presumably for both of you, is going to be a uh, basketball thing, although I guess for, for, for Howard it could be football. If, like what happened in Notre Dame yesterday, your team, you're at the game and your team upsets the number one team in the country, do you rush the field slash court? Again, we're in a pandemic. <laughs> no, I'm good with that. I'll just cheer from the stand. <laughs> So wait, wait, has the vaccine been widely distributed yet or not? No, I'm saying right now, Notre Dame. If you didn't see it, like all. Oh, no, I saw it. I'm, I'm actually no. I'm 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 gonna jump up and I'm gonna give someone like an air high five and I'm gonna sprint out the nearest door. I am not. I'm not bum rushing the court. No, thank you. Especially not with college students. I mean, you know, who are known for being so responsible. No way. I probably wouldn't even be in the building. I'd be watching on television at home. Um, uh, this one, it can be, you know, it can be for both of you, but certainly for, for, for Tarek. Uh, what's, what's your prediction? When, when, when is the first, uh, NHL game happening? I, I think, I think the first week of February, I, I think training camps are going to open probably in mid January. I think the first week of February ought to give us uh, enough time to get cranked back up. Um, you know, things are start slowly, slowly starting to happen. I mean, players are, you know, have returned a few handful of players have returned to DC and are now skating at the MedStar Capitals Iceplex and they're starting to get protocols in place. And you know, there's a lot of work that still needs to be done, uh, you know, figuring out what they're going to do with rosters and, you know, where are they going to play the games? And, you know, everyone's waiting for this vaccine, which was supposed to come by the end of the month, uh, end of the year. Now we're within what seven weeks of the end of the year. Um, I bet the Capitals drop. I, I bet the Capitals play their first game uh, with limited attendance in February. Without getting into this too much, I was talking with uh, our friend Steve Wino today. He was telling me that the plan he thinks might be. I don't know if he was just BSing or not. That instead of play, like the NBA is going to play like a full schedule with travel or the NHL he thinks might end up with some sort of like the all the Canadian teams will just play each other and like the Capitals will just stay within their own region if not division is that is that is that an actual thing or was he just like having fun no. with me it, it, no he, he's actually um uh 100% accurate I mean right now one of the major hurdles um is the fact that the Canadian and U.S. border remains closed and if you were going to have American teams, American-based teams, go to Canada to play one of the one of the Canadian uh, franchises. Um, and there's seven of them, right? So you're going to have to quarantine for 14 days to play one game. It's just not going to work. So you're going to have to put all the Canadian teams in one division. And uh, you know, I saw a story in the Athletic yesterday. 
the Toronto Raptors are looking at the Nashville arena as a potential home site because they're going to run into the same problem. The NBA teams can't go to Toronto. So the, the Toronto Raptors are going to play in the U.S. most likely. But in, you know, the difference is the NBA has one team and the Canadian teams have uh, Canadian. Uh, there are enough Canadian hockey teams to have an entire division. So yeah, the, if there's no resolution to the, the border issue, they're going to have to rejigger things, um, make it as fair as they can and as geographical as they can. Because you also just still you're in a pandemic. You want to cut down on the number of flights and, and bus rides and whatever else, and just kind of muddle your way through the season. And hopefully by the time you get to the championship, you know the the playoff rounds. You can, um, uh, or it would be the, yeah, by the time you get to the playoffs, you'd like to be think that the border is open and that you can maybe, you know, again, figure things out. It's it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be easy. It's You're probably going to have to put an asterisk next to this year, this year's champion, because it's going to be a total cluster. But I think they're going to muddle their way through and, and get it done. I mean, look, I, I argue with someone in this group chat with like a bunch of hockey writers. I mean, it's pretty, it's a pretty active chat. And I'm like, look, if the NFL can figure out how to get through a season and major league baseball just got through a season and neither one of those teams, you know, neither one of those sports had a bubble and basketball is going to start in December. Hockey has to, like, you can't be the one of, th- of the major four and just goes, eh, it's too hard. We're done. They're going to figure um, it out. Matt, in a similar vein, if the NFL instituted something similar, and you only could play teams in your division, would you quit your job if you only had to watch if the teams in the NFC East play this year? No, I'm a like a masochist for torture. So, I mean, if if, if the NFC East only played each other, what would, would anybody still crack? I don't know. Maybe by math, you have to. Would anybody crack 500 even in that scenario? <laughs> Uh, so you have to, right? I, uh, right? Technically, I guess you could be 500. Ben, can you? Yeah, <laughs> right, 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 right. Oh, my God. Can you name the seven Canadian teams, Ben, off the top of your head? Uh, Vancouver, Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, Edmonton. Uh, what, how, many is, how many is that? It's five. It's five. Think uh, middle of the country. Winnipeg. Yeah. Oh, that was one I like missed the other day when I was doing those. Uh, I mean, I should know this. I'm, oh, Calgary. Yeah. yeah. You, got <laughs> you got it. You got it. You got it. You got it. I used to be like, I mean, uh, back in the day, I was, I, I, I knew Ottawa was the one that gets sports. people. Yeah. Well, so I, I play that with a lot of people, and, and Ottawa is always the one people forget. For some reason, Winnipeg is, I mean, because really? they're like, yeah. Well, Winnipeg, yeah. The Winnipeg threw me because they went away for a while. They did, they did. But Ottawa is just such a forgettable uh, team, or at least recently. I, I so I play that with a lot of people. You know, can you name can you name the the the, the teams? And I always Ottawa, always I haven't there. been to Canada nearly enough in my life. Ottawa, I've actually been to because I have cousins that live there. So in my head, oh, really? they, uh, they yeah. stand out. Um, well, it's a cool town, actually. I like the town. The team just sucks. <laughs> um, Matt, uh, final question for you. What is Washington's record at the end of the season? Now that now that we're here, Kyle Allen is out. We we're looking at an Alex Smith, maybe a Dwayne Haskins scenario. What do you got? Um, let's see. I, I was saying five and eleven from the start of the season. I maintained five and eleven, even with them looking a little bit better. Um, but now, I was on the six and ten train. 
and I want to say five and eleven, but maybe even four and twelve. I think they beat Cincy, and maybe beat Dallas. No, I'll, I'll stick with five and eleven. I think Cincy and Dallas are beatable, and then they steal one maybe against Philly late in the year. Yeah, I mean, part of the issue is we don't know what the other teams will be going through. Like San Francisco's had a million injuries. And, yeah. you know, like we saw Matthew Stafford while he ended up playing today. Although, actually, next week, I don't, I have lost track since we've been doing this, but he at some point today left with getting checked for a concussion. So um, we'll see where he's at. But, like, you know, if something like that happens and somebody's yeah. down to their second or third quarterback, I don't know. But, yeah, uh, five wins to me, I'll stay with it just to be consistent, but I'm not feeling as good about it as I did. Tar- so, what are you guys saying? Like- Detroit, Cincinnati, San Fran are the wins? No, D- Dallas is the, well, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I guess Dallas put up a decent fight today against Pittsburgh, but they don't look to be any good no. either. Okay. Right. So Cincinnati, Dallas, and San Fran. Uh, well, I mean, maybe I Philly, but Detroit next. There's Detroit next week. Okay. There's a strike to the schedule. There's enough more. opportunity. There's enough opportunity there. I, I I agree with you guys. I I think I think you can you can eke out three wins when Philly clinches the NFC East with a six win thing <laughs> oh, that's definitely for Week Seventeen. Oh my god. Dude, um, the NFL has to do something. They have, they have to like make the NFC East rule, right? They got to do something so that some poor ten win team in another division doesn't get screwed or nine win team. God, I don't know what they're gonna do, but that's just that's a joke. I mean, yeah. not only do you get not only do you get in, you host a playoff game. It's a joke. Um, all right, so I promise you guys could ask me a question if you want. You're not under any obligation, but you can. Ask what is something I just asked you, or put me uh, put me put me in an awkward spot. Whatever you got. You know what? Okay, so Ben, I'm I'm gonna go first. So being a car guy, I am curious. Oh boy. What is the worst car you've ever owned? Um, <clears throat> I've had. I think I saw I, it I, early, I, years ago. Well, my first car ever was actually a fun car. It was a. Like a 1979 Monte Carlo. Oh, that was, that's a good car. That, that, that thing, that thing had some. That thing had some <laughs> yeah. muscle. That thing had Dude, some. That. Collectors like take those cars and like put like big engines in them and stuff. Yeah, that that thing had some muscle. But I had a, I had two different versions of a Toyota Camry. One was one where my parents helped me out with, and that one was like nice. But then when I had to, then when that one went away and I had to get the next one, it was like three levels down. I had to go, I went from power, power windows to, to, to rolling, roll up windows. It was like the, the color was like sort of champagne and I really, it was faded. It just, it, it, I wasn't, that, that's not a car I'm bringing up in the, uh, in my, in, in my memories. Not, not, wait, wait, how did the previous camera just go away? What do you mean it went away? Um, well, like the, there were, uh, how do I say this? My, my parents, my parents were divorced and at various times throughout the process, they would have disagreements about things. Uh, one, <laughs> and one of them involved, one of them involved who's paying for my car and helping me out. And that led to, Hey, you're on your own. Good luck. So, oh man. But what did you do with the car? Did you sell it or what was, uh, I think. As I recall, I think we were like leasing it at the time. Okay. And so, like, it was coming up. I was like, well, what are we doing? And I, you know, I don't know. So, I was like, okay, okay. I had cranked down windows once. I had cranked down windows on a, on a Corolla. My first car was a Toyota Corolla. Cranked down well, windows. I mean, the, 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 Monte Carlo no down, the Monte Carlos had rolled down windows, but then I went to the power. So, to go backwards was a disaster. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Uh, Matt, would you do anything you'd like to ask? Uh, how old were you when your parents got divorced? Wow, that's really the question you want to ask? <laughs> no, but now I'm curious. <laughs> oh, like three? Oh, okay, that's not as fun. No, not as fun. <laughs> Oh no! Seventy nine, Marnie, Monte Carlo. I'm looking it up right now. There's some pretty sick ones on on the web. I kind of like it. Was, yeah. It was tan. It was it was good. I, I I'll just Six say or eight cylinder. I, I'll just say that like based on how the Beltway is now with no cars on it that much, this would have been a good time to have that. Car. <laughs> uh, so, kids, I'm not. Don't speed. Don't speed. But anyway. Uh, Matt, Matt, was that your was that your only question, or do you have another one? Yeah, no, no. I, I like just random trivia ones. I was interested in if you can name the Canadian ones. So, oh, okay. Fair, 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 fair enough. Um, uh, before we get out of here, uh, uh, plug away. We talked to our, you, You've got uh, the 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 article on the on, on what you kind of saw today with the fans with the Washington football team. But of course, people know you for covering the Capitals. Anything you got to uh, plug on that side coming up? Well, um, I'm trying to stay employed uh, with, with, with uh, I cover a team that may not play for a while. So I have offered up my services to our boss, David Eldridge, and he told me he has some, some stuff in store for me. So assignment number one was writing about fans being at FedEx Field um, for the first time in, um, of the season. I had a lot of fun doing that today. And uh, I, I see some Maryland Terrapins football in my future. They got Ohio State coming up this week. Uh, they've been playing pretty outstanding. Um, might drop in and do some college hoops at some point. Um, you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna write just kind of be like general assignment, I guess, until uh, until hockey picks up, which is fine because throughout my career I've covered a little bit of everything. It actually is kind of fun to kind of you know not have to see the same people and ask the same questions every day. You get to kind of bounce around and look at different stuff. So. Sure. And how do people find you on Twitter? Uh, just my name, Tarek El-Bashir. Um, you'll find me. But, you know, but, but just to be clear, like they can tweet at you and read your tweets, but you're really not going to respond back. That's not your move. So I used to respond to people. I used to. But then, that, then you, I will. Then you became an award And then Twitter started getting mean. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, stop, I'm gonna stop fighting Twitter. I'm gonna stop fighting Twitter. Is that, enjoy my life. Is that why you don't follow Matt on Twitter? Because he's mean. I'm reply guy in Tarek's mentions. <laughs> Part of it was I saw Matt every day. That's true. Um, Matt, uh, how do the people find you on Twitter, and what do you got uh, that they need to know about? Um, it's at Matthew underscore Paris, P-A-R-A-S. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, you can just read my recaps from today. We kind of wrote about I wrote about the quarterbacks same as you did and then also just about Daniel Jones having Washington's number because his five career wins four of them are against Washington so crazy Daniel effing um, Jones look the craziest stat what is it I think Daniel Jones is he's 4-0 against Washington and like one or two wins and like 15 16 losses against everybody else I think he's going to be good. I don't know what you guys think. I, I think he's going to be good. Um, I think he's just one of those guys who's going to take a little time. I think he's going to be a serviceable, you know, I think he's going to be a good, uh, an okay to good quarterback for a while. Um, I, I have seen enough that I'm willing to imagine he could be good, which isn't to say I think he definitely will be, but I can see where he has been. Whereas other young quarterbacks, I haven't seen enough to make that assessment. I yeah. 
You make some pretty throws, but the turnovers scare the hell out of yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, the interceptions, the, the the dumb off the back foot interceptions, like the one last week, you know, yeah. that killed them. But I think it's some upside there. I'm not saying he's going to win you win you multiple Super Bowls, but would you rather have him or Haskins? Yeah, that's my point. Are you asking that? Is that is that is that is that another question you're asking, man? I mean, I guess uh, you know. I mean, I, I mean, to me, I would definitely rather have Daniel Jones based on what we have seen. I mean, he has at least shown some things that look good. My, my, my argument always for the Haskins people is I'm not debating whether Ron Rivera should or shouldn't have, right. whether he pulled the trigger too quick. Just point to what Haskins did that was really good. Not just he, he got a couple wins. Not, I mean, don't tell me about the 300-something yards against the Ravens if you really watch that game. Like, t- show me the flashes that you were like, wow, that was really good. I just haven't seen enough. And Daniel yeah. Jones, in, I don't watch all the Giants games, so I'm probably getting more highlights than the negative stuff, although we see a lot of his turnovers. In the times I've seen him play, I've seen more. Again, I'm not saying he's going to be Aaron Rodgers, but I've seen more. Yeah, I, I think Jones is the correct answer. I just, like, part of me for that question, too, is what happens if he would, would have been in Washington, and I don't see him succeeding in this scenario either. Um, all that's true. All right. Before uh, before Matt has any other questions about my parents, uh, we're going to get out of here. Uh, thanks to Tarek and Matt. Go follow them on Twitter. Just be nice and uh, read their stuff. Click away. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. That's it for this edition of the Standard Groom Only Podcast. I wish I had better things to, to, to discuss with you guys than, than this sort of weird game. But it is what it is. But we'll have more breakdowns uh, about about this team and about some other things in Washington sports coming up this week here on the Standard Room Only podcast. I, I, I do intend, of course, to talk more about other teams around the area. But look, this is football season. We're here. We're going to we're going to focus on what I'm focusing on at any given time. And that's kind of where my head's at right now. But more to come for sure. Again, if you subscribe to the podcast, that would be super duper swell of you. I definitely appreciate it. And uh Check out all the past episodes just in the last few days. We had uh, team president Jason Wright, Julie Donaldson from the team, uh, Mike Coppinger, our boxing analyst, who's also a Washington football team fan. We talked about the team and, and the world of boxing as well. So plenty more to come. Excited to continue the conversation with uh, people I find interesting and with you guys through this podcast. That's it for now. It's been a day. Until next time. 